just do this. When I say now, I want you to inhale and hold it. And just hold it for seven seconds and then exhale. Ready? Clear the air. Here we go. Ready? Now inhale. The Bible says all that have breath. Praise the Lord. Hey! The fact that you're breathing means you're alive, baby. Your praise is evidence that you're still alive. Wonderful. High five your neighbor. Tell him I'm so glad you're here. Tell your other neighbor, even you. You too. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. You may be seated. Let me share with you the word of the Lord. The year of breakthrough. I said the year of breakthrough. The year of breaking in, breaking out, and breaking through. Man, has anyone already experienced a breakthrough in their lives? Are you beginning to see the breakthrough? Are you convinced and convicted that you will have your breakthrough this year? Are you 100% biblically sustained, Christ-directed, convinced that nothing can stand in your way in 2019? You will break in and occupy every area hell has fought to keep you out of. You will break out of every negative circumstance and you will break through and experience the fullness of God's blessing and purpose and destiny in your life, with your life, and through your life. It is the year of breakthrough. So we've been covering the month of January, the moments in scripture where something broke, where the wording appears explicitly in its original language. So we are exegetically extrapolating verses from scripture where the phrase breakthrough or break in or break out appears. Judges chapter 7 verse 20, something broke. Then all three groups blew their horns and broke their jars. They held blazing torches in their left hands and horns in their right hands. And they all shouted, a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. Today's message is break the jar, release the fire. Break the jar, release the fire. I want to focus on the jar and what it truly means according to scripture and for our purposes and destiny. The story is simple. We have the Midianite marauders, just, you know, the typical bad guy, good guy scenario. It's the Avengers all over again. And so it's the bad guys, the Midianites, they're marauders. They would take the harvest from God's children, the Israelites. They would steal the harvest. The Israelites were completely frightened by the Midianites to such a degree they would find themselves hiding in the threshing floor, literally in the threshing floor. They were hiding in pits. They would hide from the bad guys. Funny stuff, funny thing is, they would actually reap the harvest, take the harvest out. They would put the harvest next to the pits. Then they would hide in the pits. Then the bad guys would come along, steal the harvest. And the, the Israelites would still hide in the pits. They permitted them, in other words. They permitted the bad guys to steal their stuff because they were afraid of them. And they were hoping, I hope they don't come tonight and take my harvest that I just worked hard for. And the bad guys would come and they would hide and take the stuff again. And, but they would hide. Gideon was hiding when God called him and God comes along and a very counterintuitive declaration. The Lord comes along, sees him hiding in the pit and says, hey, you, you, you're a mighty warrior. Yeah, I love that. How, how the angel of the Lord came and called him the opposite of what he was and made him the opposite of what he was. 
So like when God sees you, he doesn't say, you're a miserable mess. You're a loser. You're an abject personification of failure. When God looks at you, he sees you through the lens of grace and love and mercy and eternity. And he looks at you and says, you're blessed, you're favored, you're anointed. I have great destiny for you. So he calls him out and then he tells him, all right, these guys that have been stealing your stuff, you're going to confront them. And then he began with a big army, and then God cut it down, different message, different day, all the way down to 300 men. And then all of a sudden, God says, all right, here's the instructions. You're going to put a torch inside of a jar. Make a hole in the bottom of the jar, put a torch inside, light up the torch, have the jar. The moment we say now, break each jar. You just hit the jar with somebody else's jar. The jars will break, the fire will be exposed, and the bad guys will be so confused with the fire because the bad guys can't handle your fire. Yeah, y'all missed that right there. The bad guys can't handle your fire. There, and there are many much more bad guys than the good guys. There were many, many, many a lot more Midianite marauders than the, than the Israel. But the moment the bad guys saw the fire, the Bible says the bad guys killed each other. The others ran away and they were taken care of because they just can't handle your fire. I'm here to tell you that the enemy can't handle your fire. There's fire inside of you. All you got to do is find people in life that you, you can break your jar with them, make some noise, break the jar, and I assure you the enemies of your destiny will have to flee in the name of Jesus because the enemy can't handle your fire. Are you with me right now? Find people in life. Find people. Surround yourself with those that have a jar, those that have a pitcher full of fire. But here's the story. I want to focus more on, and the rest, you know, and then they, they defeated them. This thing about jars and fires, number one, we are clay jars in the hands of the potter. The fact that, that when the jar breaks, the fire will be exposed, we have to begin with the foundational premise of who we are, our identity. And yet, oh Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are the potter. We are all formed by your hand. We are the clay. We begin with this. This is clay. This is literally clay. Look. I could mold it right there. Armando's molding some. Pastor Armando, look, this is clay. This is what we are. This is who we are. We are formed by your hand. We are the clay. You are the potter, which means that God shapes you. God forms you. God builds you. God changes you. God transforms you. Are you with me right now? God modifies you. God adds on. God takes off. It's God who adds. It's God who takes off. I want to make this clear. We are clay in the hands of whom? In the hands of whom? Now, I'm going to make it one more time. Look up here for a second. You are not. This is important. The Bible says that we are clay in the hands of the whom? You are not in the hands of your past. You are not in the hands of your indiscretion. You are not in the hands of your sin. You are not in the hands of your weakness. You are not in the hands of your haters. You are not in the hands of your detractors. Are you with me right now? You are not in the hands of your pain. You are not in the hands of your anguish. You are not in the hands of disappointment. You are not in the hands of the broken relationship. You are not in the hands of the person who left you. You are in the hands of the potter. I'm going to say that one more time. You are in the hands of the potter. Listen to me. You are in the hands of the potter. What does that mean? The only one who has access to your destiny the only one who can truly form you it's not your past it's not the people around you it's not the people who left you by the way you're not even in your own hands you 
are in the hands of the potter. I need you to put a smile on your face and a praise on your lip because you are in the hands of the potter and the potter is not done with you yet. He's still forming you. He's still changing you. He's still transforming you. You are in the hands of the potter. Repeat after me, I'm in the hands of the potter. I wish you would understand what you're saying. Raise both hands and say, I'm in the hands of the potter. I'm not, I'm not in the hands of anyone else, of anything else. I'm in the hands of the potter. I'm in God's hands. If you would only know what you just said. You are in God's hands. And John chapter 10 verse 28 verse 29 says nothing. And when God says nothing, he means nothing. Nothing, this is what Jesus said, you are in my hands. And once you're in my hands, nothing will be able to take you away from my hands. You're missing this. This is you in the hands of God. Try to open up the hands of God and remove you from the hands of God. It's not going to work. You are in the hands of the potter. Your family's in the hands of the potter. Your health is in the hands of the potter. Your finances are in the hands of the potter. Your destiny is in the hands of the potter. Your dream is in the hands of the potter. Your faith is in the hands of the potter. Your surroundings and your loved ones, you are in the hands of the potter. Whoa. Calm down, sunshine, calm down. And the good news, actually the great news, not only are you in his hands and he's starting something because we are clay in the potter's hands. We just read it. But the work he has started, you doing something out there, Armando? What you shaping? What, 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 whatever, whatever the thing is, whatever. You're doing a cross. It's interesting. Was this your thing in elementary school? Because, the, because that doesn't look like any of this. But, but out of this, you make this. These are all clay jars. So you're telling me that out of this, this can be made. That's crazy. That just right here, a potter in a, in a potter's wheel can, out of clay, can, can, can make this. You're telling me that out of this, out of this, can, out of this can come this. That's why people can't judge you. You're not done yet. You're not done yet. You need to look at someone and say, I'm not done yet. I'm still being formed. I'm still being shaped. I'm still being molded. God's doing a work in me, but smile and look at him and tell him, but God says that he will finish. Philippians chapter one, verse six says that the work, here it is. I pray with great faith for you because I'm fully convinced that the one, capital O, who began this glorious work in you will faithfully continue the process of maturing you and will put his finishing touches to it until the unveiling of our Lord Jesus. What does that all mean? That everything God has started in you, he will finish. Nope, you missed it. Everything Jesus has started in you, he will finish. I need you to understand that God's not done with you yet. Everything he started in your family, he will finish it. Everything he started in your life, he will finish it. I said he will finish it. God never leaves you half done. God will never leave you like this somewhere and just put you to the side. God will finish every work he has started in your life. 
He finishes. He finishes because he, you're clay, man. And he shapes you and, and, he, and he forms you and he removes stuff from you. And he adds things to you. And only God has the authority to do that. I said only God. Don't give people more authority than they deserve. Don't give people in your life more access than they deserve. Are you with me right now? I could take your opinion, but I cannot let you form me. Formation is in the hands of the potter. Oh, boy. Ephesians 2.10, we have become his poetry, a recreated people that would fulfill the destiny he has given each of us. For we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and good works we would do to fulfill it. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. We are, we are clay in the hands of the potter. Number two, we are clay jars that, that carry glorious treasure. 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 4, 7. This is who we are. This is who we are. Look at you. This is you. This is you. Let me put a little smiley face here, a little eyes, eyes. This is you. This is you, but the less, this is you. Looks like Les Carter right here. This is you. This is you in the hands of the potter. Ooh. And then he says, I take you and I make this. I make this out of this. And the reason God makes it into a cylindrical surface and, and, and a base or a jar that captures is because he deposits glory inside of you. So out of you, it's, it, let me read to you 2 Corinthians 4, 7. We are like common clay jars that carry this glorious treasure within so that the extraordinary overflow of power will be seen as God and not ours. You missed it. By the way, the wording there, the wording is extraordinary overflow. So I'm driving and the Holy Spirit hits me. I'm reviewing the sermon on my Bluetooth. So what I do is I put it on my Bluetooth in my car. I'm listening to it, the narrative. You just get on your iPhone and you put speak and you go to your Bluetooth and you can hear it. So I have, it's applicable. So I'm listening to it. Holy Spirit says, stop. There's a word I want you to tell the church. 2019, if they receive the word by faith in Christ, will be a year of extraordinary overflow. Now, you missed it. I said for you and your family and your life and your home, I need you to get ready not for overflow. Matter of fact, we don't have overflow people here. We have extraordinary overflow people in the house. I need you to get ready to see in your family and in your dream and in your ministry extraordinary overflow of power. If you believe that, shout like you actually receive it and believe it. Raise your hands, repeat after me. 2019 will be a year of extraordinary overflow of power. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, amen. Now, I want you to read this part, that the extraordinary overflow of power will be seen as God and not ours. What does that mean? I want you to listen to me. Here comes. The gospel is not about regulations. It's about revelation. So I want you to hear this revealed word. It's clear. The apostle Paul is writing, God does, does not work through us. Here it is. Here's the wording. God doesn't work through us in spite of our weaknesses. You've heard preachers and people say, 
In spite of your weaknesses, God uses you. In spite of your weakness, God uses you. No, the apostle Paul says, God doesn't work through us in spite of our weakness and flaws. Rather, it is precisely our weakness and flaws that allow God's power to work through us. I know it doesn't make sense for some of you, but I'm going to explain it. Because if you were perfect, people would be impressed by you and wouldn't see God's work in you. If you were perfect, you wouldn't need the blood. If you were perfect, you wouldn't need the cross. If you were perfect, you wouldn't need the resurrection. But it's your very weakness oh, that enables God to work through you. Are you with me right now? It is your human frailty where God is exemplified and glorified through you. Your weakness, it's not in spite of your weakness. It's because of your weakness that God can use you. Because you're dependent on him. Again, if it were you and you were so strong and perfect and beautiful and a model example of perfection and precision, you wouldn't need the grace-filled work of Jesus. And everything you would do would prompt people to look at you and give you the glory and give you the praise. You would walk into Starbucks, you were so perfect and pristine and precise that people would worship when they see you. There's only one that deserves the worship. There's only one that gets the glory. There's only one that gets the praise. How many are grateful here that... that even with your weakness, God is glorified. That even with your weakness, he gets the glory. How many have seen in their lives that when you are weakest, God is strongest? Have you been there in your life? How many seen God show up in your weakness? How many seen God use you in your weakness? How many have seen that even in your weakest hour, God has used your life and your weakness to minister to somebody else's weakness? Have you been there right now? And weakness is not sin. It's not sin. I said weakness is not sin. You could have a weakness and it's not a sin. I'm just doing Greek exegete of the original passage. The weakness has to be differentiated from sin. Apostle Paul is not saying if you live a life of complete sin, oh, God's going to be glorified through you. No, weakness is something you struggle with. Sin is something you succumb to or run away from. And there's a difference. Oh, 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 2019 believe this with me I'm believing it for you I'm believing it for me here it is your weak area is about to become your strong area see you clap like this is a casual polite quasi affirming validating cycle reinforcing schemata cerebral cortex clap no when the Lord says your weakness is about to become your strong area, it means the areas that were weak in your life are about to become the strongest areas of your life. I wish you would get that. I don't know if you're getting this right now. Whatever you had a struggle will be the area of greatest success. Somebody should praise right about now. It, the people in your life that... The people, the areas of your life that were weak are about to become the areas of your life that are strong. Are you with me? No, no, no. You, you still don't get it. You're about to make the devil shut his mouth. The devil that said God would never use you and bless you. That area that he's been attacking will be the area where you will see the glory and the success and the power and the profit. Oh, and the extraordinary overflow in your life. Your weak area will be your strong area. Let the weak say, I am. Let the weak say, I am. Let the weak say, I am. So if the weak area is your thinking, your thinking is about to be a blessed area. If the weak area is your health, your health is about to turn around. If the weak area is your finances, you're about to see financial overflow. If the weak area is your integrity, you haven't been living according to the word of God, you're about to live holier than ever before. 
for in your life. Your weak area will become your strong area. Because we are, we are, we are, which this is us. This is, look, Les Carter. We are clay. And then we are jars of clay. Oh, in the hands of God. Um, you can't get the credit because it's Jesus. That's why we get, we, we, when you start thinking it's you, the Lord reminds you, you think it's you. And then we want to, we, sometimes we forget where we came from. Sometimes we forget that we're just this. We think we did this all by ourselves. We think you put yourself in the potter's wheel and you, you turned yourself like, and you centered yourself and you went through the, you think that was all you. And then what God says, don't forget. And then we get all shiny and we start thinking it's us and we get closer to the edge and closer to the edge and closer to the edge and closer to the edge. And you just start getting all the attention and you think it's all you and you forget that you were this. So all of a sudden God permits you to, boom. And then you end up and you go, aha, I'm just, oh, don't ever forget that you're this. Let this church never forget that we're that. Let this church never forget. I don't care how high God takes you. Don't you ever forget what you truly are. I don't, and because you are about to go to a higher place. I'm prophesying to you. God's about to promote you. God's about to elevate you. God's about to take you to your place where your dream and your destiny connect. But once you get there, there's three words, dream, destiny, and dominion. God's about to see your dream become a reality, your destiny come to pass, and you will have dominion and exercise dominion. But once you get there, don't you forget what you really are. You are clay in the hands of the potter. Everything you are is because of him. Are you with me right now? I dare you to tell your neighbor, I'm going up. I'm going higher. But I will never forget that I am clay in the hands of the potter. I am clay in the hands of the potter. We're done, we're done, we're done, we're done. Where is it? Make sure you take a picture of that. Pastor Nate, this is... Put a smiley face here somehow. Get a pen or something, because I, I don't want Les Carter to look like that sad. Get a pen, put a smiley face. I want, uh, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, we have seconds here, this is all. We gotta hurry up here, get a smiley face. Quickly, 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 quickly. Let me see, this is, oh, he looks really creepy. <laughs> This is like a brother. Oh, so this is this is this message reminds me of who I am, what I am. I'm just clay in the hands of the potter. Are you getting this? We're hands in the in the we are clay in the hands of the potter. Isaiah, we are jars of clay, full of a glorious treasure of extraordinary overflow, always reminded of the fact that it's God in us, with us, through us, not ourselves. And, and the last point, the last point is that when these jars of clay break, the fire will be exposed. And the question must arise. I always get this. Pastor Sam, can the devil break us? Can the devil break us? 
can we be broken by the enemy? We as jars of clay, can the enemy break us? I want to read to you what the Apostle Paul said. Here we go, 2 Corinthians 4. Though we experience every kind of pressure, we are not crushed. The Greek word there, derivative, you know, tangential synonyms would be broken, crushed, annihilated. At times, we don't know what to do, but quitting is not an option. Yeah. Reading from the Passion Translation. We are persecuted by others, but God has not forsaken us. We may be knocked down, but we are not out. Have you ever been knocked down, but you were not out? Have you ever been down, but got up? So, it, 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 I, I, let me, I'll, I'll just finish with this. This is, this is, this is life. Believe it or not, if I were here and I would tell you as your pastor that we never get broken, I would lie. Because there are things in life that break us. There are times in life that we are placed on the stand of life itself. It's be it conformity, be it routines. There are moments that we are on the stand, that we are just nice. We are... And all of a sudden, life comes. And all of a sudden, the things, and all of, and all of a sudden, that happens. This message now, for the next three minutes and 48 seconds, is exclusively for those that have ever been there. If you've never been broken, if you've never been in pieces, if you've never had shattering in your life, Turn off the message. Go to Facebook, Instagram. Go to the playoffs for the NFL. Do whatever it takes. But if you've been broken, I want to remind you that when you were down there, the potter did this. It was the potter who picked you up. It was the potter who brought you together. It was the potter who knew how you were. It was the potter who formed you again. It was the potter who gave you a second chance and a third chance and a fourth chance. Is there anyone here who knows that when other people could have put your pieces together, the potter picked you up? Stand with me. Some of us are here because when we were there, man, look, life does this. Am I supposed to lie to you and tell you that Christianity means that you'll never end up with any cracks or brokenness? One of the dumbest theological teachings, dumbest, totally skewed from Scripture, is a teaching that says that if you're a Christian, you never go through anything. And if you go through something, it's because you're in sin or you don't have enough faith. That's utter nonsense. What God does guarantee is all things work for. So I, I, I want you to look at me. This is for anyone who I wish we had cameras already. Pastor Phyllis continues to promise me that before the rapture, they will be here. Look up here. This, I've been here. Has anyone else been here? If you haven't, don't raise your hand. I don't want to. I've been here, folks. When no one else could pick me up, the powder went. And I even looked up. I wish we had cameras I could show you. I, I looked up at the powder and I said, there's too many pieces. Too many broken pieces. And the powder says, it's all right. I have more clay. 
missed it. There's more grace. There's more mercy. There's more love. There's more there's more forgiveness. The blood of Jesus still works. The stripes of Christ still work. That's the clay, baby. It's the work of Jesus on the cross. The blood of Jesus, the stripes of Jesus, the wounds of Jesus, the salvation of Jesus, the deliverance, the healing of Jesus. There's more. How many are grateful there's more clay? Are you here with me? So I'm, for all the broken pieces, you think the powder walks away from you when you break. You think the powder just says, it's over. The powder takes you back to the wheel. And you say, but I'm too broken. And, and then God gives you, God says, I got this. Look, I could either repair you or I could make you new. And sometimes we're insisting that God restore the things that he wants to give you a new version of. And we have to have the maturity and the bandwidth to distinguish between that which we need God to repair and that which we want God to make something new of. Are you with me right now? Sometimes we want God to repair a relationship that God says, that's, be, that's gone. Instead of me repairing that relationship, I'm going to give you a new and greater relationship that will give you joy and give you peace. Are you with me right now? Am I preaching to at least three people? All right, as you stand with me, let me show you. Let me show you something, let me show you. I'm going to show you something. So this is Jesus. Oh, I need somebody here. Let me Pastor Mo, come on here. Pastor Mo, this is, this is you. This is what you right now in this sermon. This is, this is the broken you, right? So Jesus comes along and says, yeah, I got the model. I got the blueprints because I formed you. I say, I did it. So even though you're broken, I know what you, I originally purposed you for. I have the blueprint. I say it. We just read it. So if you think, let me see here. Okay, put this here. Pastor Rick, come, just, 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 here's, so if you think this is what God does, you think this is what God does. So just look at me and don't move. Just don't move. Don't move now. Don't flinch. Uh-huh. <laughs> let, me, let me just, uh-huh. I'm just going to make you. If you think this is what God does, he doesn't. When he's forming you again, when he's fixing you from your brokenness, he doesn't look at you to form you at all. He says, so you're giving me permission to do this because not that I need it, but I do need it because it's free will. You want me to do this? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to, I'm, okay, stay right there, but I'm not going to look at you. In order for me to form you, I'm not going to look at you. Jesus, the father looks at Jesus and says, all right, this I'm doing, I'm going to form Monica. This is Monica. Let me form Monica. This is Monica. Okay, let me see your hands, Jesus. Let me see your scars, Jesus. Let me see your wounds, Jesus. Let me see your sacrifice, Jesus. Let me form, I'm doing, I'm forming Monica in your image. When this is done, Monica will look like you. Monica will love like you. Monica will lead like you. Monica will touch like you. Monica will heal like you. It is no longer I, but Jesus that liveth in me. God forms you to the image and the likeness of Jesus. It's not about you. The 
apostle Paul says, I disappeared in Christ. It's no longer I. The apostle Paul said, he takes me from glory to glory. And every single day, I look less like me and I look more like him. And I reflect all of Jesus. The apostle Paul said, let the day come that when they see me, they don't find me. All they find is Jesus. Lift up your hands. I sense an anointing. I'm speaking to every single person here. I sense God right now. I want to speak to you. Lower that keyboard just a little bit, the volume. I'm speaking to this. I'm speaking to the broken areas of your life. Oh, stop for a second. Rashawn, come up here. Thank you, brother, Pastor Rick. Thank you. George, come up here. Y'all have any secure yellow tape? The caution, do not cross. You don't have the police tape? Because what you should be doing right now is securing the area. Because when you're broken, if you had no value, why does the devil try to take advantage of your brokenness? If you had no value, why is it that at this moment, the enemy tries to grab a hold of a piece of your jar? But I'm here to tell you, there is a security apparatus around your brokenness. I'm, I'm preaching to somebody right now. When the devil, I want you guys to hold me back from coming in. Because not even though you're broken, the devil does not have access to your jar. Even though you're broken, the devil does not have access to your destiny. Even though you're broken, the enemy does not have access to your dream and your purpose. Are you with me right now? It is protected. It is protected. Even your brokenness is blessed. Even your brokenness is blessed. Even your brokenness is blessed. That's God saying, don't even come here. These are my pieces. He may be broken, but he's still mine. She may be broken, but she's mine. Raise your hands. If you could only see back in your past when you were broken that God intervened and protected. He protected not just to bless you. God protects the broken you. God protects the broken you. He doesn't protect just the you that is perfect. He protects the you that is imperfect. He doesn't just protect the strong you. He, he protects the weak you. He just does, God does not protect the you just in the palace. He protects the you in the pit. Because nothing can take you away from his hand. If you're getting this word, raise one hand. 
just clay in the hands of the potter. sense God lift up your hands I hope you're getting this word even your brokenness is protected that's a word for somebody right now even your brokenness is blessed you want me to prove it to you even more and the Bible says that Jesus took the bread he broke it and he blessed it. He blessed and he broke. Once it's blessed, even though it gets broken, it's still blessed. Did the bread that Jesus gave in the Last Supper, did it lose its blessing the moment Jesus broke it? learn that lesson once God blesses you even if you're broken you're still blessed yeah. father you gave me this word this morning driving on the 80 your Holy Spirit filled me in in my vehicle and you gave me clarity regarding this word I want to thank you now for speaking to me concisely for all of our listeners around the world all of our churches our entire new season online and community and all of our campuses. And once the jar breaks, the fire will fall. The fire will be exposed. So Lord, here we are. We're asking you to do it again. Lord, take my life, take our lives. You are the potter. Lord, forgive us for every single moment we believe that our destiny was in our hands. Forgive us for thinking that we shaped ourselves and that we put ourselves on the potter's wheel. Forgive us for being so presumptuous and thinking that somehow we got to where we, where we are by our own doing, our own understanding, our own actions, our own giftings and abilities. Lord, we're just clay in your hands. Clays that become a jar. But holding your glory. Containers of your presence and your destiny and your glory. Now, Lord, right now, every single broken person here, make them whole right now. I pray that you put the pieces together or make them new. Lord, in the next 60 seconds, as I pray, as we all pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray you repair right now. You repair or make new right now. By the way, not just people here in this auditorium and all of our campuses and all online, but their family members. Lord, I'm asking you to repair family members, repair homes, repair marriages, repair careers. Repair integrity. Ready? One, two, three, pray. 60 seconds. 